All right. Good evening, really. Good evening. Good evening. How you doing, Jim? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Beautiful Wednesday. It's hump day and everything. Looking oh. forward to the Wednesday and looking forward, actually, to talking a little bit of shop. Yeah. A lot of that talking going shop on. is, uh, you know, it's always good to talk football. Yeah, yeah. And there's some interesting things in um, the news today. We'll start off with. Deshaun Watson, he seems to be the big story. He is in negotiation, and you can't call him negotiations with the NFL on his suspension. But here's what I'm saying on this is they're taking this time with Deshaun Watson, and I'm not saying that he was right. But there are some misdeeds by owners. And we don't hear about it as much. How can you, it's basically you are disciplining someone for some of the things that uh, the owners are doing. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I, I think everything should be handled the proper way. And they should be a record. Um, they should be taken care of too. And, and they should be, if you're going to do it to one person, you need to do it to everybody. Yeah, it needs to be it, it needs to be the same across the board. Unfortunately, you know, the owners kind of dictate a lot of things in this league. And and um of course, um, you know, there's been a lot of um uh things that happened uh, in the past ten years in the NFL that need to be cleaned up, period. I mean no that, that goes back to the commissioner. Oh yeah. What's up, my man? What's up? How are you? Good. Did he get you ice cream? Papa's gonna get some. Oh, okay. All right. Just making sure you're taken care of. You know what? He he's always trying to come out and, and bust. <laughs> don't you go 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 in there and play until we get ready to <laughs> They uh they they've been begging to come over here for the last three or four months. So uh they 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 hanging out with me for five days. Oh, good, 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 good. I'm gonna, hey, they just don't know. I got a lot of workouts. We're going to pull out the ropes and everything over here. You're going to wait till the uh, 4th of July when it gets 100 degrees again. No, huh? we're going we gonna to go out at 12 o'clock in, 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 the, in the noonday sun. And it's going to be the hottest of the day. We're working Ooh, out. Boy. Ooh, boy. We're working but back, out. But back to uh, Watson, they are saying that they're trying to negotiate 68 games. The NFL Players Association is, is in on the meetings too. Yeah. And trying to make sure that uh, everything is done the right way. And like I said, I'm not defending Watson. He is totally wrong. But there's a lot of things going on in Oakland, Washington, yeah. Dallas. And there's things going on that need to be rectified in the NFL. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of things about the Houston Texans, you know, they were setting up a lot of his appointments and things exactly. like that. So it, it's 
there's a lot of things that need to come out in the open to make sure that everything's rectified and that we can get back to thinking about football and playing football. No question. No question. And that goes to our next thing. Um, if Watson is out six to eight games, mm-hmm. it looks like Jacoby Brissett is going to be the starter at this time. Right. At this time. At this because, time. Yeah. Because uh, Baker Mayfield is saying both sides think they need to move on. And I but think he, that, too. I agree with that. I, I, I think he, the way they did him and he don't deserve to be there and he, he shouldn't be coming, you know, he should be the, the person that needs to need to show uh show them any kind of faith because now he needs to he need to go to a place where he can get his full focus on uh on on coming back and playing and ending his career at a wholesome type level. I think I, I would agree. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. But here's the issue is wherever he goes, is he gonna get the combination to the stadium? Is he gonna be able to sell the offensive linemen's um, shoulder pads at a yard well, sale. I I think it's two or three teams out there he can go to right now and and be a, a instant impact. And I think he he would you know he would do well. I, I just what? think that um, you know Seattle is one of the teams that need a quarterback. I think he he better than the quarterback that they have there. And also, he better than the quarterback they have at the Houston Texans. So. There's teams out there You've that he's saying that, but I just can't foresee that happening. Well, well, I'm, I'm telling you, it you said it, that uh, quite a bit, but I just don't think the Texans want it. They're going to see what Davis Mills can do. Yeah, I, really I guess that's, that's and that's I know part. everybody says Carolina, but the problem is, as it gets closer to the season, they're going to have to eat some of that salary. It's eighteen million dollars. Eighteen million, right. regardless yeah. of where they send them to, they're going to have to eat some of the salary. Yeah, yeah, they, and they, that's the thing you got to realize. And there are some disconnects going on, and we'll never know the truth. But there's right. disconnects going on in the Cleveland locker room with Baker Mayfield. Whatever happened, and maybe it was OG, OD, um, Odell Beckham. Yeah, it might be him, OBJ, yeah. or whatever. But there's some disconnect because either he left a bad a bad taste in his mouth for the players at Cleveland or he was just unbearable because nobody has taken up for him. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's taken up, and that's interesting. Nobody. You never hear anything. Um, and here he says that if the Browns contact him, he'll listen. But yeah, I think I think he's there's a lot of healing to do. Huh? Yeah, I, I think listening is one thing. I think moving on and and uh, you know his family, his family, you know was it was was a big part of the city as well. And I think they all disappointed what happened and the way things happened. Yeah, yeah. Now he's um had a camp, I guess, what in Lake Travis because yeah. he's from Austin. Right, he had a camp down there, and he was mentioning all these things. And it's going to be we'll just as the off season closes and preseason starts to go on, we'll right. see more and more. And it's very unlikely a quarterback gets injured in the preseason. Well, but one of the things that we know that um, we got a couple more days in the month of June and training camp started in the month of July. So you're talking about three weeks away. Yeah. No question. Three weeks away. No question. So we'll see what, how that goes. I like, I like what our producer did with that background, with that NY in that background. Yeah, he he kind of—I don't know what it is—he's losing his mind because it's uh, the J and B talking shop. He is—he's he there's something he did a great job. He really, he really fired me up, you know. And uh, with that, with that, oh, okay, I see that star over there on the right. Ah, I look at this now. He—he's playing with it. He's playing with it now. That looked good right there. I like that. A little yeah. head to head, a little head to head. You notice how he has just my AT, not the rest of the Jim Jeffcoat. And you know what? You know what else I did too. I I sent him a shot of the football camp picture of you this weekend, and you had a little little had a little water on your T-shirt. I don't think it was sweat. <laughs> I think I think the players poured water on you. Looked like it was sweat, so. but it you don't sweat. sweat. You know you don't do no yes, sweat. Yes, I sweat. Yes, I sweat, especially in that East Texas heat. That East Texas heat was different. 
Yeah, yeah. I see. I went home and went to, uh, took a nap. I, I didn't take a nap. I went to sleep. <laughs> I got there, took a shower, and took a nap. That yeah, was we, something, but it was we a really, great. Uh, we really appreciate you coming down East Texas, 180 miles, and that uh, East Texas heat, the Piney Woods. And, I uh, wouldn't have missed it. I wouldn't have missed it. Yeah. It was good. It was good. And it was good. Uh, there was some talent there. When you got an eighth grader that can run a four or five, yeah. that's pretty impressive. Now, he was um, a uh, Liberty Alu kid, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a Liberty Alu kid. Offered in the eighth grade. Got free, uh, got free, his name Prevo. Prevo right. is, uh, he's legit. Penn State and a lot of schools already done offer this kid. Does he run track? Yeah, he do everything. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a total athlete. Yeah, and he's got some height to him, too. Yeah, he's six something yeah. already. Yeah, he's got height. And then yeah. there were a couple. There was a kid from South Grand Prairie. There was a big kid, a little. High, he was really athletic and highly intelligent. Yeah, his last name is Walker. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he said that. Yeah, yeah, good little player. Yeah, so he was a good player. But it was all in all was good. But let's keep talking about um, you know some of the NFL stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, I think uh, the thing is the receivers are starting to get paid. <laughs> The commanders, scary Terry McLaren, yeah, $70 million dollars uh, contract is thirty-four million over guarantee, thirty-four mm-hmm. million guarantee. So mm-hmm. that was, I know he's happy because at first they were talking about he, um, him, him leaving the Washington Commandos. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's happy with his new contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and plus he got a twenty-eight million dollars signing bonus. So he got fifty, really, fifty-six million guaranteed. That's interesting, man. I tell you what, um, this I, I'm trying to still see how these teams can uh, keep up with this salary cap uh, on the on all these salary, on these, all these contracts that they're giving these players. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm trying to figure how you get uh, your salary cap under the how you keep how you keep it under right. control. How, how do you keep it under control? I agree. They must know something. And I'm what I'm thinking is if you uh, realize that Apple is coming in and then also Amazon, so there might be more revenue coming because yeah. they're getting rid of uh, direct TV. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, with Amazon and uh, the, I think it was like uh, 11 billion or 4 billion or something like that. It was, it was in the bees. Yeah. These contracts uh, with TVs, uh, it's going to be a little bit different um, broadcasting these football games in, in yeah. this season as well. Yeah. Hey, what did Jason say? I missed what Jason was saying. Jason was... said something about training camp. What What do we think about training camp? Um, what do you like least about training camp? It depends, <laughs> Jason. Is was um, when we were in California. That was um, a little bit. The weather was nice. Yeah. But that far away from home was tough. It was tough. But uh, one of the things that I hate about training camp, you know, that we had we had to do back in the day was it was a lot of running, a lot of hitting. Yeah, it was. And, and we 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 got ready to play football. This yeah, this day and time, these guys uh, that have no helmets, uh, no pads, and they go out just and just walk through. And now, um, if we had it like that, it would have been fun to go to California. <laughs> But they, they have days off. They, you know, we didn't have the days off. You, you might have the day off after the preseason game. That was it. That. that was it. You was, you was grinding. You were trying to make the team. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. Today is totally different. You do have days off. You're not required to be in pads like we were. Exactly. But, and that's yeah. the thing. And I remember when I was a player, we had what we call good mornings. And we had a Hall of Fame coach named Ernie Stockner, who was the Hall of, yeah. Hall of Fame. And we run at each other full speed and at the first thing. And I guess that was to get you acclimated to hitting because it was hard, helmet to helmet. And we always say, good morning, bam, good morning, bam. And we and we had live, we have live live practice, live scrimmages. Oh, yeah. Oh, just, yeah. Just, no get the, just get the timing down and everything. Yeah. And when Jimmy Johnson got here, we did the same thing. We uh, did the, uh, we had middle drills. We had 12 plays that was full contact. 
live and get after. And even and when he first got here, we did that during the season too. But training camp, you had to be ready. You had to be ready to go to training camp. If you're not, is you're not going to last. You'll be leaving on that asthma field. <laughs> and I, you know, I I just think too, you you was in better condition. You you went into camp all ready to go. Um, mm-hmm. I think these guys now, I think they get in shape while they're in training camp versus we was in shape when we got there. Yeah, yeah. A little bit more, a little bit more running, a little bit different uh, environment. No yeah. No question. But and to the thing too is most um, preseason games and regular season games was 65 to 68 plays. Now you're getting close to 90 plays a game. Absolutely. It's a faster-paced game. Yeah, they're moving yeah, it. it is. They're trying to get as many plays in in the shortest period of time as they can. So yeah. that's a, a, a big-time difference. It's a little bit more entertaining, but you know, it's a little bit more exciting with the, with the way they pass and throw the ball and creating these 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 run oriented pass oriented uh, type offenses. And um, it, it's interesting just just the way uh, things are happening. You know, you got multiple sets of different different uh, receivers and tight ends and running back sets. So it's a whole different case game. You know, and speaking catch- of that, going yeah. back to McLaren and his contract, do you think? that the receivers are becoming more emphasized than the running backs, not tight ends, because tight ends are now becoming a bigger part of um, offenses because everybody has to play these four receiver, three receiver sets. But do you think that that's what's happening is that receivers are getting um, more emphasized and that's why they're making more money? Obviously, Tariq Hill started the trend. Yeah, Tariq's. Three kill and um, you know you you and you got your tight ends too. You know we we talked about the tight ends. Now it's a whole different case scenario. These tight ends can can only not block, but they can run. And they you know mm-hmm. Kelsey and all those guys, you know they're doing a fantastic thing of uh, way of, of playing this game and making the game more exciting. And and so now you got you got these 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 receivers that can run and make these big plays. So it, yeah. it is. I guess they. They getting paid kind of like the quarterbacks almost back in the day. Yeah, they are. They are. They, they are in the 20, $20 million range now. Yeah. This, yeah, you're right. You're right with it. And this is a little bit off subject, but mm-hmm. before I came on there, I was looking at Pro Football Talk and Miles Sanders, the running back for the Philadelphia Eagles, this was his comment. He was saying basically that, the Eagles are like an all-star team and that that's why they're going to be the best team, obviously in the NFC East and the best team in uh, the NFC. But then I started thinking about it. This is a team. Now they do have it and they got AJ Brown, right? AJ Brown when healthy is a very good receiver, but is he as, and I asked this on Sunday, is he as much of an impact as of a TO? I don't think so. Personally, well, you know, he's what he's in his fourth or fifth year, so I, I still think too that you know, looking at him last year when he was healthy, he he brought he brought a lot to the to the table for the for the Titans, and uh, I saw some replays of him playing, and uh, I guess the 49ers, he he actually literally won that game for the Titans, but because Derrick Henry was out, but yes. but I also think too that uh, I I think. That, they gonna have so so much talent that you can't cover and double certain certain players. So I think now it's gonna be hard to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, no doubt. Interesting because I think Devontae Smith is the best receiver. On I'm not saying he's not. I think I think he's no, still got a little ways to go. He's a little light in the pants, but but I'm telling for his experience and being able to to release. But uh, I just think you know after one year, I think Devontae Smith gonna be gonna be devastated. He gonna be he gonna be an awesome receiver, no doubt. But, no question, no question. Because but I think AJ is just going to be the main. He's going to be the main focus on that offense. Mm-hmm. And you got Dallas Garter. We talked about tight ends and everything. Yeah. I just think that you need to walk in silently because every team is reading this. I think when we talked about, and the reason I talked about that is McLaren. Uh, Washington is going to be better, obviously, and now. But they uh, can double. They can double McLaren where. 
now in the Philadelphia receiver, you you got to pick and choose who you got to double. So yeah, so, but I, I I think there are teams in the NFC East that can do this, and they can always go into a zone. Yeah, they can do a zone, and they could either bring in a, a, an extra defensive back and, exactly. uh, for a linebacker too. So yeah, they, you exactly. Have to that's what I'm saying, yeah. and that's that's my uh, opinion on there. You need yeah, obviously. Um, you're going to have to have a running game. Jalen Hurts is going to have to play really well, and I'm a Jalen Hurts fan, but I also know that he has his limitations. So those things are going to factor into it. I don't think they're going to be clear-cut favorites to win the East. I well, don't know. I think, I think if they make some adjustments on the style of offense and the plays that, they, that they're going to be calling, I think if they can do that, the tweaking here and tweaking there in this offseason. Like I said, the hidden factor is what then happened between uh, February and up into training camp. I think, you know, the timing, how much time you're spending with the different personnel sets and how you can become creative in your offensive scheme of things. And so if that happened, then, um, you know, Philadelphia going to be hard to beat. Uh, yeah. But but I, I just think the NFC East going to be – uh, a division that uh, we, as we know, um, no team have won back-to-back NFC East championship in the last since 2003 or four, something like that. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be different. But do you think they are the most physically talented team? I I still say it. I still say you know, in the NFC East, I mean, Dallas got some great receivers. I think too. They they lost. Amari Cooper, of course. Yeah. And 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 in Washington, it's it, it gonna be hard to beat them because they got a defense. Yeah. So so and the Giants, um, they was in a lot of games last year. I think now with the new coaches and and, and some of the things that they implement, and you know they moving the Saquon out to different. They gonna move him around in the offense. So now you, it's gonna be kind of hard to kind of win and beat the Giants because of the fact that they lost three games last year. They could easily won. So exactly, I'm and that's my uh-huh. and that's my point is is what factors into all football is health. The Giants got a lot of injuries last year. Yep. They're, the one thing about the Giants, they weren't undisciplined. They just had injuries, and they were the coach wasn't using. The player's ability to the maximum, and 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 then if you can if you can get off that eighteen points a game, if you can yeah. get 20, 24 to twenty eight points a game scoring, then that's be a whole sep- different case scenario for the Giants. I, yeah, I think yeah. you know the defense play well. The defense, yeah, play but well. yeah, and the same thing with Washington is the same thing. They, I'm not a Washington, obviously not a Washington fan, but Washington does have a quarterback now. You can say what you want. Wentz didn't win the Super Bowl, but he helped. He was on the team. He was on the team. He helped him get to games to get to the Super Bowl. Well, what happened last year with the coach? It's a things happen. It maybe wasn't the right system. You when you go down to Jacksonville and lose in Jacksonville the last game, and you with the coach. But is it one player that makes that much of a difference? That don't you shouldn't lose to the to the Jaguars with yeah. all the problems that they had. So you put all the things, all the blame on him, and you know it's a yeah, team. Absolutely sport, right. You put all he making thirty million dollars a year. Who else you gonna blame? <laughs> you hey, can blame like quite a few. People. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you make thirty million dollars a year. You need to score thirty points. I'm just saying, though, Jim. I mean, he 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 kind of folded up the tent, and you know we talked about Kyler Murray. He folded up the tent too. I mean, some of the quarterbacks folded their tents at the last at the end of the I, season. I would agree with to a certain extent, but and they and they are under a magnifying glass because yeah, all these guys are getting paid a substantial amount of money. Absolutely. But you got to have the right people around them. Um, uh, the quarterback for the Rams, Matt. Um, I can't even – his name escapes me. You're talking about uh, 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 Matt uh, uh, from, from Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Stafford, Stafford, Stafford. Stafford. Matt, Matt Stafford. Stafford. Yeah. But he was – he had the same abilities at Detroit, but you put people around him 
that makes him more Cooper Cup, uh, Odell Beckham. Uh, is it? I can't remember that. There was another receiver. Woods, Woods, Robert. Woods, and all these guys. And then you have on defense, you have Jalen Ramsey. You have obviously the beast in there. So, but you know what though, Jim? This is why when I looked at the Rams, I look at their style, their, their play calling too. Mm-hmm. How quickly you can get the ball out, in and out of the hand from the quarterback. Some of these teams let the quarterback hold the ball too long. Yeah, yeah. It's devastating. So yeah. what I like about the Rams offense last year, which is the, the the guy, the head coach for the Minnesota Vikings, you better watch the Minnesota Vikings. Jason's doing backflips right now, you know. I know. I'm not. I'm just telling you what's gonna happen. I'm talking about the who's who who who's part of that success story because of the Rams. The offense coordinator knew exactly how to uh, use the talent and skill set that they had on that team. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So I agree, and but just what I'm saying is is basically. Um, that's what Philly's issue is going to be. Can they use them? Because if you remember, everybody was complaining about them not running the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and even and then they had uh, Fletcher Jenkins was claim, complaining how they ran the defense. Yeah, and they adjusted, but and you can say what you want, they still have not beat a winning team. Yeah, last year they they didn't hardly beat a winning team, and that's the good thing that I can say about the Cowboys. They got two good running backs. Yeah, uh, and I think Saquon got to be healthy. Um, you know, he got to get his confidence back like he did a couple of years ago. I think that Jazz gonna be gonna be good. And I also um, with McKissick back in uh, with the Commandos, the running back. He you know he brings a dynamic, and he kind of like that's what I'm saying. Know, yeah, he he can catch and run. And so I, I think the NFC East is going to be that week to week. Might go into the last two weeks. I agree. I agree, and that's what I'm. I basically what I'm trying to get to the point. Yeah. Is yeah. is that I think the NFC East is going to be a lot more competitive this year. No team is going like the Cowboys did when uh, all the, all their NFC East games. Yeah. I think that all the teams have improved enough that it's not going to be somebody who runs away with the division. Absolutely, which is which I think, like I said again, since the Cowboys won last year, it's gonna be somebody different. This you year. don't know that. You can't <laughs> say that. Can't say, but I don't know if the Cowboys are gonna win it, but they'll be in the race. They That's might. It. They might finish second. Oh my goodness. They might be a wild card team. They ain't gonna be the division champion. Oh my goodness. All right, um, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, like I told you, I'm just telling you, early on. Yeah. But the, okay. but the Cowboys, they the Cowboys did some good things this offseason. But I, what what people don't understand, the Giants signed six offensive linemen in the offseason, mm-hmm. and that gonna be that might be a little bit that gonna be that gonna be the strength of moving that ball. Yeah, but the uh, if you know anything about offensive line, what is the key to being a great offensive line? Continuity. Yep. And stand. so it's again. I keep going to this as health. Well, you know, we got a center now. We got a center that's – I know we, we called his name a couple of weeks ago, but he have, he have a hell of a um, uh, nickname, uh, and so I like it. So we it started with the center. So you we're, know. Gonna, we're going to talk about the Giants a little later. Yeah. So let's get on there. Um, all these teams, there's still Debo out in uh, San Francisco is still complaining about his issues, obviously up in Seattle. We still have the issue there in Seattle. And those things are some things that we're going to have to watch because most likely these players are not going to play in the preseason, which is, to me, when we were coming up, you'd rather play and get yourself in the speed of the game and get yourself in game shape. But players are different today. But uh, there's some receivers are not happy because of obviously the contractors are being thrown around. Absolutely, absolutely. But the only thing I can say is you put your head down and get in shape and, and, and if you have a good successful year you can you can get you a nice little guaranteed contract. You hope. Like a couple, huh? I hope. You hope. Yeah. You hope because not everybody is like you said, there's only so much money to go around. Yeah. That's so true. That's true. Yeah. 
On another subject, Mike Tomlin was asked on a podcast if he would have, uh, if he could avoid a losing season without uh, Big Ben at quarterback. And Tomlin, Tomlin, calm and confident, said that we'll figure it out. Trubisky and the rookie would do a great job. The one thing about Tomlin is he's underrated. Is that first of all, he's never had a losing season. Second, he surround. There is. We always talk about certain teams that have the way. Yeah. You know, yeah. just like we talk about Belichick and the Patriots way. Yeah. Well, people don't talk about the Pittsburgh way. Right. They know what to expect from Tomlin, and they know the type of football Pittsburgh plays. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. and I think that'll continue this year, either if Trubisky or the rookie, rookie is the – the starter. That's just the way it is. I, I think so too. I, I just think there there's the expectation uh, in that in that atmosphere in that room that you just don't. The one thing I like loved about the Steelers, you just don't win on offense, just don't win on defense. You win on special team. You win. They have a complete team, and they, mm-hmm. and in all three phases, they they uh they win. And another thing too is game preparation. They seem to me they are prepared each and every game. So it's it's kind of hard to, you know, to 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 defeat them. I kind of need your phone. You need my phone. I'm on the phone. So well, you just, I need well, you phone. gonna get it next when I get off. So. <laughs> well, hang that's it not fair. It is. We get wrong. You get it first. I'm talking. I'm oh talking. my goodness! Go put up. Go put a phone on charge. Go put a phone on charge, and I'll talk with you later. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Grandpa! Way to go, Grandpa! No, but you know what? I'm gonna get that whip out. <laughs> oh, somebody from CPS might have heard that. I don't care. <laughs> but I do think I do think the Steelers gonna be they gonna be in it in the mix. Um, you know, just. Just proving from just proving from the past and the, and the and the phases of all the game and the way the players once they get there, seem like it's just something. It's just something about being a complete team. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about the um, Steelers is you still got T.J. Watts and you still got Hayward on this team, so you deal. You still got some defensive, and they um, signed yeah. Mika Fitzpatrick back. Yeah. And you got some players on it. It's not like it's just start over. Now they're gonna have to be. Uh, Najee Harris has got to grow up. The uh, we talk about wide receivers. Their wide receivers are gonna have to play better, regardless yeah. of who the starting. Yeah, yeah Chase. Chase have improved. Uh, yeah, wide receiver Chase have improved. But you know, I, I just think too that um, their their defense their defense gonna be tight. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah, but that's the thing. Now we can get on to. Giants news. What we got on the Giants news? First of all, I was reading uh, about uh, Thibodeau, and they said he has a hip injury. Oh, and, yeah, and that's and that concerns me because in OTAs he's already got a hip injury, and they said it's not significant, but uh, that's something to be concerned about this early in his career. And already has a hip injury. Yeah. But on the other hand, Michael Strahan says he thinks he's going to be a heck of a player in the NFL. He's going to be a really good player in the NFL. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, I, I used to notice everything. Lawrence Taylor, he did a lot of power cleans and he come from the ground and come up. And so from, from his, from his um, lower uh, knee and to, to up here, he, he he could nobody stop him, and so mm-hmm. he worked on that all the time. He did so many of those, and he just did a lot of them right. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if some of these players would take notes of some of the guys who who been successful, um, you know, I saw where um, Barry Sanders did a lot of shoulder things. I mean, he was real strong in the shoulders. I mean, you weren't gonna arm tackle him or grab that ball from him or fumble. He, he's not gonna fumble. It's certain things, certain types of lifts. That you can do in the offseason can help improve your effectiveness in, in these games. And so, 
maybe these young guys need to take some notes, call some of these old guys up and say, Hey, what did you do? What kind of, what kind of exercise what kind of exactly. training should I do? And I mean, exactly. if you implement some of that training, Jim, you know, as well as I did, you know, if I, if I was a defensive lineman and I, I ran across a guy that's in the hundred sack club, like you and some of these other guys, I would want to know that. And so, those are the things I think some of these guys need to know that certain parts of the game you still got to got to know. And I agree with you because my big thing was power cleans mm-hmm. and inclines. Yep. Because it was more position. Uh, it was for my position inclines because I used my hands to yep. lock out on people and the power clean. Uh, it helped me with explosion, so it was more position specific. Right. These things happen. And you're right on that is, is that wide receivers need to do different drills than a defensive lineman. You can't in uh, the smart coaches know that you can't train in strength coaches. Everybody the same because there's certain needs at certain positions. I know uh, I bench press my, my match with 360. Mm -hmm. And I could stock block. Man, once I get get on top of that DB and start stop blocking, he wasn't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you, and um, I was the best, one of the best wide receiver blocking downfield, and that was one of the things that you know we had. That was part of our plan, game plan, is go out there and block these DBs 10, tw- yeah. 10 12 yards down the field. Yeah, man, that made you effective in the running game too, because you have receivers like yourself that could block, and yeah. they were strong enough to sustain the block. Yeah. So that's the thing. Um, that That's good. That's good. Now, got some other things. What's that? Did the Giants have the best front four for the six, uh, 50s and early 60s? Did they have the greatest front four of all time? Well, they had, they had one of the most consistent front fours during that time era because they were winning not – not, back then, they would play 12 games a season. They were winning nine games almost every season. I mean, and they was going in the late 50s and going into the 60s. They had some of the best defensive linemen that you could find in the league. No mm-hmm. doubt. They, they, they yeah, yeah, and you can see them up there. Robitelli, Modisky, Greer, Rosie Greer. Yep. And he was he became an actor in, uh, I don't know how to say that, Kotrovich. Yeah, you're multiple Pro Bowls, but it's hard because you look at some of the great defensive lines within the NFL, and the same one was the greatest out of the Steel Curtain. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and I do was, say in 1963, the Giants won three consecutive NFC East conferences. You know, mm-hmm. White Children, those guys. Oh, yeah. Frank Gifford. Those, I mean, they were dominating teams. Um, oh, no question. Back then. So I would say they probably were the best of their era. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you later on you had um, Marilyn Olsen. Um, yeah, the, the Rams. Jones. Yeah. yeah. The Rams front four. Yeah, you had, you had Minnesota Vikings had a great. Yeah, perfect people either. Yeah. You know, I mean, the monsters of the midway. But you have to give it to the Giants. They started. No, no, I'm not taking anything away from them. No, I'm just saying they, they, the late 80s, late 50s, and the early 60s, in the 1960s, they was, they were dominating. Yeah. And it was kind of funny because uh, Tom Landry was the defensive coordinator. He was a player coach. And Vince Lombardi was the offensive coordinator. Right. Yeah. And they went from they went from New York to the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. And, and then, then Rosie Greer did because he had a movie career. Did go to the fearsome foursome. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the good thing about you know uh, looking back at the the history of the leg of these legends. You know these guys. You know was trailblazers. Yeah. Oh no question. No question. They. Basically, um, they set up the game for for us to come. And right. just as we did for players after us, they set up the game. And now you have players that are going to set up the game for the next era, the next 
guys that come in, the Bill Thibodeaux, the Micah Parsons. I mean, they set them up. Micah Parsons and Lawrence Taylor are the same size. Can you believe that? I didn't know that. Yeah, they're the same size. I was shocked when I looked at that. And Micah Parsons is actually a little faster than Lawrence Taylor. I don't well, know about that. I don't know. I'm just telling you. What, he was what, what, is, bit, what is 40 times? I think he was like a 4-5 something. Yeah, I, I know Lawrence Taylor ran 4-5 every time yeah. I saw him. So. But I think he was, I looked at the stats and I thought that uh, part. I'm not saying that Parsons is LT. I'm just saying that they have the same dimensions. Well, I I was impressed the way he came in and played as a first year player. So we'll we'll see if yeah. he can continue that. Yeah, but um, but you know the, what I love about what um what 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 Dallas did with him they 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 started moving him around kind of like, mm-hmm. remind me of what they did with with the Giants with LT. They you know you. It was up oh, yeah. where we're gonna be and what gap he's gonna shoot. Yep, yep. Oh, no question. Yeah. No question. So Dan Quill doing a good job. Yeah. But back to the Giants front four. Yeah. And sacks weren't registered then, but they had 91. They still said to have 91 and a half sacks in the season. What? 91 and a half. Yes. Yeah, it would have been outstanding if they were keeping the, those types of stats back then. Yeah, yeah, no question, no question. They they would have been, and it's interesting because there are a lot of great players that don't get. Uh, I went to a um, a thing at the Super Bowl for the hundred sack club, but you didn't have Deacon. They had they talked about Deacon Jones' mm-hmm. accomplishments, but there are a lot of players that don't get recognized for the accomplishments they had earlier. And because they didn't make uh, sacks a stat until I think 1981. Oh, that was that was just McCaffrey uh, that had that 91. Oh, just McCaffrey in it in the history sacks at 91 and a half. Oh, okay, wow, that's good. Oh, he's fourth in Giants history, right? In there. I was gonna say, if he got, if they got 91 and a half, they were sacking everybody. I know he wore that great number set. <laughs> I know, uh. Uh, George Martin wore that number after that, then, but yeah. uh, he, he, uh, that, that's that says a lot. Said yeah. one, one and it a half. It really does. It really does. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of them. So you have your uh, grandson behind you playing with you, and he's going to end up being a defensive lineman. He's going to be a, he's going to be a rush in. He, he, he probably be real fast. What you want? I am real fast. <laughs> go, go until get ready. We'll, we'll, we'll give me some minutes and we'll, we'll get oh, together. Minutes. Yeah, I- <laughs> 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 you see what I have to live with? No, oh, my goodness. My wife, Five days. My wife, back thing- there, she, she uh, back there sleeping today and they're running around. The good thing about grandkids. Is is that you could always send them back to their parents? <laughs> Four days. I'm taking. Four them days back. left. You count the days now. They just got there. <laughs> I'm, taking, I'm taking them back up to Frisco. <laughs> up there by the Cowboy Stadium. That's where they live. Oh, really? Oh, I live yeah. in Frisco, so yeah, they live in Frisco. <laughs> yeah, we um, uh, Sterling Sterling Shepherd was talking a little bit today. I, he was talking about making some big plays and. And uh, the new offense, he seemed like he's excited. Yeah, yeah. And I, the Giants weren't a bad team. They were an unlucky team. And, and, Sterling, Short, and, Sterling, and Sterling Shepard needs to stay healthy. Yeah. Needs- All of them need to stay healthy. Yeah. All yeah. of them need to stay healthy. They got talent. And that's why I asked you that question, who's the most talented team? It's hard to say who's the most talented team in the NFC East. Because the Giants have talent, the Commanders have talent, obviously the Eagles have talent, and the Cowboys have talent. So yeah. it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good year to to see what happened with the NFC East. And then uh, they talked about talking about um, Sterling Shepard. Uh, he said potential is the one thing, execution, and that's the thing. The teams that execute the best are gonna be the winning teams. Absolutely. I mean, the ones that don't shoot themselves in the foot. Right. Which, uh, I most of the time, it's the team 
that controls the penalties. Well, one of the things that I, I remember last year, we jumped off sides uh, with, with zero seconds left. I remember and that. And missed that. And they missed the field goal. But and had the re-kick. Outside, they got to keep the field goal and won the game. So, that that like you said, that mental uh, preparation is one of the things that we got to overcome. Yeah. And that's where every team. Yeah. That's how you become successful. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. Now. They're talking about the um, linebacker. Um, now we're going, the rookie linebacker injury has been healed. For Is that for the, um, it will be there early in camp. So that must be for the Giants. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, he he will be okay. And and that's good to get, get everybody back healthy and make yeah. sure we get, we you know, we start this training camp off and going. And you know, three weeks to be here before you know it. Training camp oh, starts. No question. But this is always kind of I've wondered about this. How can you get in these the way training camps are now? How can you get injured? You don't hit nobody. You have <laughs> one day of pads and one day of hitting. I don't know. I I'm, I'm I need to start going to training camp just to take notes because I back in the day I didn't see nobody getting hurt in training camp. Yeah, and then the funny thing about it, hey, Marlene. Marlene, Marlene made it today. I sent her, I sent her, uh, get on, get on the, the JNB talking shop. Marlene is your friend, but she is a huge cowboy fan. Whatever, she is your friend, but she is, yeah, Marlene. We don't like them giants, do we? <laughs> The only giant we like is Byron, right? <laughs> hey, we we gonna win her over. We gonna win her over. So <laughs> I'm gonna buy her a giant shirt. She'll never wear it. <laughs> she'll never wear it. That's good. That's good. But it's good to see you, Marlene. I'm glad you can make it tonight and uh, antagonize Byron. That's good. I'm, I'm glad. Well, let's you go did. to the Cowboys news. We, we, Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett is yeah. giving um, Mike McCarty the advice. What did oh, he say? He was out of town. and oh, said yeah. that uh, basically, um, telling, uh, yeah, I looked it up, and he was telling them um, basically they played well last year. They just didn't beat uh, San Francisco. But how can you say that? Jason Garrett's giving this guy the advice. Advice on that, but they were the most penalized team in the NFL. The Cowboys. Did you hear me? The Dallas Cowboys were the most penalized team in the NFL, and they played well. So what's going to happen this year? What's that? Give me, give me the, give me the, give me the remedy of what's going to happen this year. The thing is, is that they're going to be more disciplined. By what? By what measure? They still got the same coaches. They got the same, but they're going to be more demanding on them there. And they got some guys, Lorel Collins. Let me tell you something. Dallas have never been disciplined on penalties. That's not they, true. They always been in the top the last couple. That of years. is not true. They haven't. They've been in the. We penalties. were the least penalized team in the NFL. They've been in the penalty box right now, but. If they're penalized like that, it's going to be a long season. Absolutely. That is not true. Yeah, Dallas will have to do. They have to demand. The players have to demand it from themselves, and they have to. The coaches have to demand it from them. Well, I'm glad because Jason Garrett. I'm, I'm glad Jason Garrett had a comment about it because he's been over there in the USFL watching them play all all spring. And so clapping maybe, his hands. <laughs> he saw a little bit more about what the Cowboys need by 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 him looking and observing uh yeah. in football. Yeah. And he didn't want to really say anything negative about McCartney. And he's he not was, that type of person anyway. He, no, he, Jason's he, not. He's a I, I played with Jason and he's yeah. not that kind of person. Yeah, he's he's a first class uh, person. But I think he won what's best for the Cowboys. I really Yeah, do. of course he does. And and he won what's best for the Giants. Of course, his dad was a defensive coordinator for Jim Garrett. Yeah, Jim Garrett is from about twenty miles from where I grew up. He grew up on Ocean Township in Ocean, New, uh, New Jersey, and I grew up on the shore too. Yeah, and we're about twenty. We used to play. We used to kill him, but that's another story. 
uh, when we were in high school, but um, Jim Garrett was a heck of a man. He was a longtime scout. His dad was a longtime scout for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Great, and, great family. Yeah, rest in peace. But um, I don't think anybody's going to take, um, after what happened in, with New York, a lot of um, in Jason's in uh, Jason's comments. And he's just, that's just Jason's personality. He's all, he's a good guy. Jason is a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But he's saying they missed going to the second round by a few seconds. Well, the one thing about that is, <laughs> the one thing about that is, um, you can, hey, it's the only thing close counseling is horseshoes. Absolutely. That's the only time you get points is in the horseshoes. Absolutely. So and, you know, and one of the things that's important is always evaluate the critical part of how you could get to the next to to that championship to that championship game or Super Bowl. Dallas was close. They was really close, but yet close is only good in horseshoes. Yeah. And here's the thing that I gotta say is you got to have leadership in your locker room. Uh, there was a comment made about Jason that he's excited about these young players. Who's going to lead them? Who's yeah. going to sit out there and show them the way? Like teams that are successful, they usually have players right. play and show everybody else. They're not always the greatest leaders, but their performance on the field leads other players to play at a higher level. And, and that's the, that's what's important. You you got to have you got to have these uh, these leaders step up, players leaders as well. You know that mm -hmm. that's that's the key. Yeah. Now they're talking about a um, player. They call him Big Cat. The original big Big Cat was Leon Lett, seventh right. round uh, pick from Emporia State. Player right. Um, said um, his name is Marta Marcavius Bryant. And it, he's 6'4", 254. And he was a captain in second team selection at Auburn. Okay. He was, um, he was first team uh, all – it wasn't ACC, SEC then. And he transferred for a year. He took that fifth year of eligibility and went to UCF. And he was a, a, uh, he was a free agent that tried out there. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. I think that the Cowboys are going to go out and look at somebody like um, Anthony Barr or someone like that to help them with their pass rush if they deem that necessary. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, um, well, you know, it's it's just going to depend on what he can do in the, in the, in the couple of preseason games and and, yeah. and what he can do on the tapes. and, and uh, But, you know, being big is one thing, but playing the game of football is another. Yeah, and what concerns me about how football is now is the better athletes are going to show out, but the better players might get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. If that makes sense because the better athletes are always going to look more athletic, but the, if the guy can play and he makes plays, how many chances is he going to get on a preseason game? And that's going to be the key. That's going to be the key. But, you know um... – you don't, they don't have to play the starters no more in the preseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has to make it to a certain period of time, and he's going to have to be really good in drills and practice. It's only about 10 players going get to get a shot to make that 53-man roster. You're right. They about right. know, know the top 40 who they really want on the team and um, and the structure of the direction that they want to go. But it's about only – it's a small number. Yeah, yeah. So that's what, our so, Jim, I, yeah, I, 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 sometimes you got to you got to remind people of this. Right now, they're keeping it well between ten to twelve players on the practice roster, especially first year. That's players. true. So that's true. And Mike can keep them around on that on that practice roster. That's true. That's true. And you, that's a possibility. And yeah. let them yeah. mature and grow a little bit. Now let's go to a little bit of NBA news. Mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving. Opted in for I think it was thirty six point four million. Okay, with the, um, with the Nets, so he's staying with the Nets. Mm -hmm. um, 
West, Russell Westbrook is staying with the Lakers. I saw that. Forty-seven million. And Jalen Brunson, who is a Dallas Maverick, who was the second leading scorer for the Dallas Mavericks. Yep. Is uh, supposedly going to sign with the New York Knicks. Yep. He's out of here. And his dad is a assistant coach there. And I was kind of shocked at it because Mark Cuban is sending himself, a couple of players, and the general manager to try to talk to him and see if they can talk him out of well, going. Well, I'm going to tell you now, if the Knicks uh, offered a, over $100 million and Dallas at $55 million, where are you going to go? Well, he can max out at Dallas. He can get a five-year max. He can only get four years with the Knicks. And here's another thing, and and that's true. Kyrie and Westbrook had no choice. Both of them, nobody wanted them. Nobody nope. wanted uh, Kyrie and um, Westbrook, and that's it, because they are older players, and Kyrie is uh, – but Kyrie still got talent. Yeah. I thought I thought the Lakers would possibly get him. Uh, Westbrook has got to figure out how to fit into the Lakers' scheme. Well, Westbrook, he's going to make $47 million, which yeah. is be the third highest-paid NBA player. And you know he's going to stay there. He got to stay there. He got no way. Yeah, no question. No question. But you never know. Bradley Beal opted out. Yeah. Bradley Beal opted out for the Washington Wizards. And um, he can get the max from the Wizards now. And also he gets he can only get four years off, the Larry Bird rule, they call it. Yeah, Larry Bird rule. And, and honestly, nobody else want to really sign those guys. So Yeah, that, that Bradley Beal, yes. But he was injured last year. He broke his wrist. Yeah, yeah. So Jalen Brunson, back to Brunson, is is that they're sending the general manager, they're sending a couple of players and Mark Cuban up there. Brunson can get more money in Dallas. And here's why I say this, is if you go to New York, automatically the tax rate is a lot higher. There's no state income in tax in um, Dallas yeah. or Texas. So he'll make more money here with a maxed out contract. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're saying Bill is rumored to go to the Knicks too. Ooh. They're going to have to get rid of some people to, to get under there. They're going to have to pay a luxury tax. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. But in, in, uh, and 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 uh, Brunson, he 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 took his game to a whole nother level in the playoff, though. He yeah, really, he did. He really he did. Points. He went from eighteen to twenty some points a game. So yeah, but you know, he was on that Villanova team too. Yeah, that yeah. won the uh, national championship. Right. Exactly. So yeah. yeah so he, like, he 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 got his groove going in the NBA now. So yeah, yeah, he's doing well. He's doing well. I would like to see him stay with the Mavericks, but I don't think that's very likely at this point. Yeah, right. Some interesting moves yeah. for all these teams. Yeah. Well, we're on the two-minute warning. Two-minute warning. Yeah. You need to get your grandson up here, and we can talk about – he probably is a 26-point scorer. Well, this one here is he, – he, he he's a lefty. He's a, I'm a lefty. And he scored 10 points the other day? He scored 10 points? Yeah. 10 points? Yeah, 10 points. How old, is he? How old are you? He's eight. My son was dunking at eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> he said he don't believe it, but he hear it. <laughs> <laughs> he was playing against 11-year-olds. Oh, yeah. he. Uh, you know, Landon, he plays up. He, Landon? You know what? Yeah. The fastest guy on the team. You're the fastest and, guy, Landon? He won the Super Bowl this year and showed me his big game. And guess, guess what he called? He said, Papa, I scored two touchdowns today. There you go. There you go. Wide receiver, Landon? We were playing against fourth graders. You were playing against – oh, man. You man, he's a second grader. He's a second grader. You were playing against the big boys. Yeah. He can fly. So we we got the next three days we're going to be training. So we're in training. Good, camp. good. In the middle of the day, Landon, get ready for it. But you know what time it is, Landon? What? Landon, it's victory time. It means that going to that victory. Dance. Do you have a dance? No, you got to dance? 
Yeah, I do have a dance. Grandpa can't dance. He never could dance. Can you dance? What can you? <laughs> Show me your name. Show, I show. don't want to. You don't want to? Okay. <laughs> I got the Hometown Foundation is excited to bring back the Dream Ride Experience, August 26th to the 28th at Connecticut's Farmington Polo Club. Join us in celebrating the accomplishments of our Dream Riders while enjoying live music, a car and motorcycle show, family fun zone, pet adoptions, canine demonstrations, the Fireman's Chili Cook-Off, and much, much more. Get your tickets today. All right, Mac.